0: Hello and welcome to the HSS podcast. I'm your host, Paul Verhagen, data analyst at the Hague Center for Strategic Studies. Today we'll be talking about climate change, energy transition, and energy R&D. And in particular, we'll be zooming in on Germany. Let's listen to a fragment from the Friedrich Elbert Foundation on the German energy transition.
1: There are still a lot of questions. For example, which types of renewable energy should be used in which parts of Germany? How do we guarantee a secure energy supply if the wind isn't blowing or the sun isn't shining? How does electricity travel from the generator to the receiver? Such a mammoth project requires new methods, alternative ways of thinking. How can we bring energy demand in line with the existing supply? Could we redesign the energy supply to be smaller scale and more decentralized? And what about investing in the energy vendor as a European cooperation?
0: We just heard about some of the key questions as well as the important research challenges that are driving Germany's massive effort into energy R&D. Uh, we recently made a report on the Energy R&D Made in Germany, strategic lessons for the Netherlands. Um, Jan, you're one of the primary authors of this report. Could you expand a little bit on why we're talking about energy R&D and why Germany is a particularly interesting case in the world?
1: Yes, thanks for hosting us, Paul. Um, so we wrote this report uh, as an assignment for the Dutch government, uh, the Ministry of Economics, and especially the uh, Dutch government's program called Top Sector Energy and we were given this assignment to look into what's going on in Germany in the field of R&D because Germany is the European leader when it comes to energy R&D. It it registered over 32,000 energy uh, patents, new patents in 2017 And the Dutch government wants to know more what's going on. What are, what are some of the programs? What are some of the focuses? Um, what are some of the, what are some of the technologies that is actually being looked into? And why was this actually asked? Because both Germany and the Netherlands, they share highly ambitious climate policies and they share similar goals and ambitions when it comes to energy policy. That, that, that means accelerating the whole commercial expansion of renewable energies, raising the, raising the level of energy efficiency, uh, making smart use of energy infrastructure, securing energy supply, and also taking account of social impacts of the energy transition. Very interesting.
0: And you chose to focus on the Netherlands and Germany because they have very similar cultures. There's a lot of integration in terms of their economies. But at the same time, the Netherlands and Germany are a, a bit of a strange pairing. The Netherlands is one of the worst performing uh, CO2 reduction actors in all of the European Union, whereas Germany has been at the forefront of developing renewable energy. So where is this divergence in policy coming from? And is there also a large difference in the amount of funding going to energy R&D in Germany versus the Netherlands? As well as
1: what is the relevance of Germany's energy R&D now? Yeah that's a good question. So when you look at Germany, Germany is leading the way in the use of 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 sustainable energy technology. So it's the world's fourth largest economy and it currently generates 14% of all its energy from renewable sources such as biomass, solar and wind. In the Netherlands around 7% of all energy is generated from from renewable sources. Germany's power mix is almost 40% renewable based. In the Netherlands it's around 14%. But this report stays away by making too much a linkage between energy transition and energy R&D. Energy R&D is a very important strategic element in any energy policy. Look at China, look at the United States, look at all parts of the world. But there's not a clear interlinkage between an increasing amount of renewables or decarbonization. in a national economy and the amount of investment in energy R&D. What energy R&D does, it does accelerate the, for example, the whole commercial expansion of renewable energies worldwide. One of the biggest contributions that Germany has made on on the global stage is uh, the spectacular cost decrease in solar PV, and that that is that is to a very large extent Germany-driven because Germany was the first country worldwide to come in with a feed uh, with a so-called feed-in tariff, and that has been one of the main drivers of of pushing the cost of, for example, solar down. So we don't go into the linkage in between energy transition and energy R&D in this report too much. Uh, we just look at what's going on in Germany to give a broad overview of the players the programs the focus and the approach that is being that is being actually carried out on the federal and on the state level right and you name policies like a feed-in tariff
0: which is essentially a a government subsidy for every hour of pv solar energy that you generate yeah Um, what sort of policies did germany implement that are potential best practices or lessons learned that dutch could also implement and then you
1: mean, and then you mean related to energy R and D? Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. So what's been so? It's basically Germany. If you if you look at the federal level for the last 40 years, there's a so-called federal energy research program. Uh, that's a program that's being funded over a period of uh, five to six years each time. Uh, in 2017, uh, the budget for energy R and D in the federal level was over a billion euros. And, uh, the, so, sort of like, it's basically Germany, uh, the German government tries to push key technologies, uh, f- and, and to make the market ready. And you have to think about e-mobility. You have to think about, uh, wind, solar, storage, all these kinds of technologies. And they have this, this long-term, uh, like this long-term approach into stimulating the, uh, how you say it, the commercial uptake of these technologies. And is that
0: long-term strategic vision something that the Netherlands also implemented, or, or do we do climate and energy policy differently?
1: We do it differently in the sense that we don't have this long-term approach. We, uh, the Dutch government, um, on 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 the national level and also on the more local level, uh, we engage in energy programs. We stimulate, for example, research uh, in e-mobility in all kinds of areas but we do it on a more we do it on a more ad hoc, uh, more ad hoc um, basis in the sense that it's very prone to changes uh, in government and the thing that you're seeing is that that when you have elections in the Netherlands and there comes a new government, that this government tries to reinvent the wheel. It comes up with a new approach in energy R&D and comes up with a new program. And the first year in office, they write a new paper and a new approach and then they have to implement it. Uh, and, and, and that's different from the way it's done in Germany. It's, it's, it's actually less prone to this whole political winds of change than it is in the Netherlands.
0: Okay, and within the context of your report, you highlight one particular province as a case study uh, and compared to the Netherlands, which is the province of North Rhine and Westphalia. Could you elaborate a little bit more on why this province is so relevant and also some of the history in this province?
1: Yes, the Netherlands is by and large North Rhine and Westphalia's most important trading partner. Um, And... uh, it's also uh, it's also the most important export market. I mean, I mean that the Netherlands is NRA's most important export market for sustainable and, um, how you said, resource efficient energy and environmental technology. Uh, vice versa, uh, North Rhine-Westphalia is the largest importer of Dutch products and services within Germany, and in the field of energy technology, uh, this is mainly. This is mainly related to smart housing and smart driving. so again, there's a very strong very strong economic interlinkage between these two uh, parts of Europe and if you look at North and Westphalia and you look at the Netherlands they they are almost the same size. they have almost the same GDP uh and, and so they're very closely interlinked and it's also, also the fact that North that also that Westphalia is a very important energy energy producing region. And there's a lot of coal, there's a lot of lignite there and some of that is actually transported to the Netherlands. Uh, we actually buy a lot of dirty and cheap uh coal fired uh power in the Netherlands while at the same time we're trying to be uh we're actually trying to be the top of our class when it comes to energy policy or uh, climate policy. It strikes me as interesting and, and
0: somewhat ironic that the province of North Rhine-Westphalia is uh, is a very relevant place within German history. It's part of the Ruhr Valley. Uh, the Treaty of Westphalia is in the name. Is Is this province that has in the past been sort of at the heart of German industrial policy, is this the heart of its new industrial policy? Is this the heart of its new energy policy as well?
1: Uh, it's, it's, it's a mixture of both. So uh, there's still a lot. I mean, it's, it's also, it's also still the heart of coal fired power. It's also still the heart of lignite power. Um so but at the same time there's a there's there's a massive industry uh in north Westphalia that focuses on bioenergy solar geothermal wind uh hydrogen etc so it's a mixture of both yeah you're seeing a new uh and you like you're seeing a new green economy emerging at the same time there's still a lot of you know the more conventional assets there and of course that makes sense because these have all been i mean this takes decades to investing you cannot simply write them off so it's a mixture of end and i would say okay excellent so to
0: summarize, the the relation between the Netherlands and Germany is sort of encapsulated in this North Rhine-Westphalia province, where there's both this, this heavy dependence on fossil fuels as well as this green economy emerging. Uh, Jan, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us. If you had to give one take-home message, what would that be? So
1: w- the thing we do in a report, we actually give seven take home messages. <laughs> um, so maybe, uh, maybe it's interesting to look at some of the strategic lessons that we came up for the Dutch government. I would say one of the key messages is is that we need to step up the whole cross-border collaboration with Germany in energy topics of strategic interest. This report just gives an overview of what needs to be done. It hopes to engage both Dutch and German stakeholders in a strategic discussion about the next steps. We hope at HESS that this report will stimulate a will stimulate a debate Uh, between these stakeholders across the border and that we will actually see more cooperation is going to take place because that's what we need. So this is just the first step and we hope that there are many more steps to come. Excellent. For uh, I want to thank you
0: for contributing your knowledge to this discussion. For more debate-stimulating research, you can go to our website, hss.nl, uh, where you can also find the report that we discussed today, the Energy R&D Made in Germany uh, Strategic Lessons for the Netherlands. Uh, so once again, thank you, uh, Jan, for coming to talk to us. And we hope you tune in to listen to our next podcast.